0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuckers Flutterby Bryant. No, I'm a caterpillar, and one day I might be a beautiful butterfly. Yes. (laughs) You're, You're a lump of coal. Yes. But you're gonna be a diamond someday, Chuck. Who sang that? Uh T- David Co. Johnny no. Cash John, no. originally. Right, we'll it was it one of those old guys. Yeah. It's a good one. Widespread Panic. Did they cover that? Really? Yeah. They but, did pretty But good it was stuff. like a
0: nineteen minute version.
1: Yeah. Right. It it went a little long, you could say. <laughs> How you doing, Chuck? I'm good. I have freshly shaved my head, like you. Yeah? No, Think mine's so. not fresh. Mine's shaggy. Well, yeah, but we're both
0: kind of onion heads now. You look good where I'm usually not.
1: You look pretty. Thank you. Do you take a series of pictures of yourself? No, not yet. Okay. That's later. <laughs> so, Chuck, you've heard about this oil spill, right? Yeah, I had a feeling you might tie this in. Devastation? Yeah. Uh, dead wildlife? Yeah. Um, injured economies? Yeah. Obama's Katrina? Yeah. There's one thing that has been conspicuously absent in my um, estimation. <laughs> Beautiful. Nobody's talking about iridescence. No one's talking about how pretty the oil slick is. Yeah, that's because it's
0: horribly ugly.
1: It is, unless you stand at a certain angle, and then you're right. like, oh, this is kind of nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, we I are, see where you're headed. We're talking about iridescence in this one uh, because... The shimmery color changing quality called iridescence. Yes. That oil spills feature are in common with something called butterflies. Yeah. The wings of butterflies. And I can tell you that, um, 24 hours ago, Uh I had no idea why a butterfly, a butterfly's wings were iridescent. Now I do. This is why I love episodes like this because it's here is why. There's no, maybe it's kind of like this, or we don't really know. So you and I get to conjecture like jackasses all day long, right? Right. Um, Instead, it's science has figured out why this happens, and you and I are going to explain it to people. So Chuck, (laughs) let's do that right now. Let's talk about (laughs) why a butterfly's wings are iridescent. Okay. Well, there's a couple of reasons they have
0: their, their striking color. Iridescence is the main one. Mm-hmm. But we probably need to go ahead and get pigment and just ordinary color out of the way. Let's. Pigment, Josh, is uh, coloring matter that you find in like cells and tissues. And the deal with pigment is it is the same from every angle. You can get up under it, you can get on top of it, you can sneak up behind it. <laughs> you can get all up on there. Get all up in it, but it <laughs> always looks the same.
1: Right. That's just called, that's what I call it, ordinary color. And the reason why is a, any a given pigment um, will absorb all colors except one. Yeah. Say, right? Like chlorophyll. Sure. Chlorophyll um, absorbs all colors except green, Mm -hmm. which it reflects, which causes something to look green. Like a plant. A plant, sure, Mm -hmm. is one. Um, Melanin uh, tends to absorb everything but yellow, uh, giving things a brownish color, right? Well, yeah, and uh, that's albinism. That means you have no melanin. Right. You're lacking a pigment. Mm -hmm. Same with paints. Right? These sure. are all just pigments. These things don't inherently have a color. They just absorb certain colors and reflect others back. Yeah, It's pretty standard stuff. Sure. Did you know redheads um, have, they think they have an additional um, iron-based pigment? That oh, really? In their color. Interesting. Yeah. Their freakish hue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Poor ginger kids, man. They are really taken. I her. love redheads, though. Do you? Well, I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I just like the red, like really redheaded people. is kind of cool looking to me. I'll just go go on record with that. Like red or orange? Because there is a big difference, man. I'm not talking strawberry blonde. I'm talking like really, really redheads. Shocking red.
1: Shocking ginger redheads. Okay. You like staring at them. I do. Okay. Um, don't stare too hard. Though. Okay. It freaks people out. <laughs> You'll right. go blind. All right. So that's that's pigments. They're pretty standard. One can argue boring stuff, right? Yeah. Pigments um, don't give anything iridescence. No. They just reflect light, and, you know, that's that. Right. Iridescence is uh, this kind of super spectacular um, reflection of color. Almost shimmery. Yes, that changes. Actually, the color changes if you move. Uh huh. So, iridescence is generally um, relegated to the observer. Depending on where you're standing. That will change the color, uh, how spectacular a color is. Right. And, um, again, we know why, especially when it comes to butterfly wings, right? Right.
0: Or, you know, we should mention just a couple of others before we move on, mm-hmm. like the Japanese beetle, that green on the wings. Yes. Iridescent. Yeah. Uh, Mother of Pearl seashells. Yeah. Some fish scales. Yeah. And, uh, like, bubbles. Peacock feathers. Peac- oh, well, that's a huge one. Did I tell you that there's a peacock in our neighborhood? No. I was walking with Emily the other day, walking the dogs the other morning, and we looked up, we heard this weird sound. Yeah, it sounds like,
1: help! <laughs> help! <laughs> exactly. It's very unsettling.
0: Yeah, I thought someone was crying for help, and I looked up, and literally at the apex of this roof of this house was a full-on peacock, standing there. Weird. Had very it gotten weird.
1: loose, or did they keep it in the backyard? The Some guy g- keep peacocks. Yeah, the
0: guy has two peacocks. Because the neighbor, the neighbor was out, and I was looking at it, and he went, yeah, he's got peacocks. I was like, that's sort of odd. Were you, you know,
1: staring at it like it was a full-on redhead?
0: I was. And I said, that's sort of weird. And he went, yeah, and loud. Yeah, but will bet. <laughs> so, Help!
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was iridescent, and it, it was fascinating. They are. They're gorgeous. Yes. Uh, and actually, peacock feathers led to um, the investigation of iridescence. Newton. And uh, Newton, eventually Thomas Boyle was the one who went, ka that's yeah. the way it happens. So we were talking about- Ro- uh, Robert Boyle, sorry. Robert Boyle, yeah. thanks. Yeah. One of the Boyle brothers. <laughs> exactly. Um, th- we were talking about uh, how pigments reflect just one color, right? right. Uh-huh. Transparent objects have the ability to reflect all colors. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, with an oil slick or with a bubble, you have two surfaces, mm-hmm. right? You have – we'll talk about a bubble. We'll talk about the oil slick. Okay. The oil slick is oil floating on water, right? Yes. yes. Um, you have – so you have the, the – Top film of the oil slick, light's passing through it. Although some's bouncing back, right, which you will see, right, with your eye. Um, and some can make it to the the water beneath. The stuff that passes through the top film, right, and then can be reflected back. And some can be reflected that. back, right? right. Now, if the light that's reflected from the top is also reflected from the bottom, if they're in sync, if the phases match up, right. And a phase is the position of the trough and the crest. Because remember, light exists on a wavelength. Right.
0: So picture it as like a regular wave or like a roller coaster, if you're a little more simple. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if they match up as if they were on top of each other, then
1: you're going to get iridescence. Right. So, Chuck, follow me on this one. Okay. To the ends of the earth. All right. So go beep, boop, beep, boop. Okay. So the beep, that's a crest. Uh Uh-huh. And then the boop. That's a trough. An off key trough. Okay. So yes. start going beep boop beep boop. You really okay. want me to do that? So and this is this is Chuck being a wave of light, a wavelength <laughs> okay. of light, right? Yeah. Um reflecting. He's just reflected. The moment he starts, he's reflected off the surface of a transparent object.
0: Beep boo. Beep,
1: yeah. Beep boo. Right? Beep, okay. So now I'm light like coming in and I'm going to come in and start after I've just reflected off the bottom surface of, say, an oil slick, right? Alright, so you want me to do this again? So Chuck, it has already reflected off the top surface. <laughs> I made it through to the bottom surface and now I'm reflecting off, okay? So beep Chuck. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Now let's say beep, I come in boop, at like halftime. Beep boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. It's all screwed up, yeah, right? That sounds awful. It does sound awful. And in, uh, it, when you're speaking of light, it sounds like this. Right. Nothing. They cancel each other out. But Chuck, if I can't, if if my phase is equal to yours, but say uh, a full measure behind, right, it sounds like this. Go ahead. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep. <laughs> right. So it sounded yes. nice. It sounded louder. It didn't sound nice, but it sounded louder. It wasn't all discordant. Right. right. So what just happened was we amplified the beep boop. Right. Right? Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. This is called, um, what is it?
0: Constructive interference. That's right. And that's, I don't want to say good and bad because it's really scientists would say it is neither good nor bad. Right. But I'm going to say that's the good kind because that's what gives you iridescence. The bad kind would be destructive <laughs> interference. And that, like you said, that cancels each other out, making something like less, not less iridescent, not iridescent at all.
1: Right. So that's it. Close. <laughs> that's not entirely it, right? Because consider this, Chuck, light light as we see it uh-huh. exists on a spectrum, right? Sure. So um, on one hand, you have uh, at about a wavelength of 400 nanometers right. violet light. Yeah. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum that we can see uh, is red light, which is has a wavelength of about 700 nanometers, right? Right. Okay. Um, if you go a little beyond the violet, you get bluer than blue. AKA ultraviolet. Which we all love. Right. If you go beyond the red, uh you have redder than red or infrared, right? Right. We can't see either of those, but we can see within that spectrum, from violet to red. Yes. And it's based on wavelength. If we um if you take white light, right, like sunlight, uh huh, and you put it if you project it onto a transparent object. Uh-huh. All of the colors, remember the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon album cover? Of course. It's white light going into a prism and then coming out in its separate forms.
0: In all its psychedelic glory.
1: Right. Now, imagine that that's static. Like, it it's not changing position. If you are um, shooting a beam of white light onto a bubble, uh-huh. depending on where you stand, the angle of reflection... Right. Of refraction, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, depends on what color you're going to see so if you move yeah. across your angle mm-hmm. you're going to see a different color and hence this explains the color changing of iridescence
0: right so like you know have you ever seen the big uh, bubble wands where they can blow the really huge bubbles mm-hmm. the huge bubbles yeah uh if you ever do that do a little experiment and look at it from different angles jump around walk around and you're going to see some color change right have you ever seen a bubble pop in slow-mo that super slow mo?
1: No, but isn't wasn't that an episode of that one show?
0: Time warp. Yeah, yeah, the Discovery show. It is <laughs> super cool, dude. If you look at it in slow motion, you you like would pop the bubble, and you know when you see it in regular motion, it looks like it just pops in a big burst. Right. But from where you touch, it spreads in an arc all around the whole thing, and you see it slowly popping as it goes around. It's Sweet. really cool. Nice. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, though.
1: But it's still pretty, very cool. Like iridescence, right? Yes. So, what we have now is, um, if, if that, if light from white light, Mm -hmm. uh, hits a transparent object. Yes. And it's a multi layered transparent object, say like oil on top of water. Right. Or one side of a bubble and a bottom side of the bubble. Yeah. Some light's gonna reflect off. Some's gonna make it through the bottom. Some of that will reflect off. Right. Most will, will go through. But if, the light from the bottom and mm-hmm. the top are in phase with one another. Yep. In an even phase, right? Separated by one, two, three, four, five wavelengths, rather yeah. than you know one point three five wavelengths. Right. They'll be in phase and they'll amplify each other. Yeah. That's iridescence. If it's white light, then we're going to see, depending on our angle, all the colors of the rainbow. You're in this iridescent state, right? Right. Okay. So what what does this have to do with butterfly wings? I'll tell you,
0: buddy. Okay. Butterfly wings are transparent, and the deal is why they look so striking compared to, let's say, a bubble, which is pretty, but not as striking as a butterfly. Mm -hmm. It's because there are many, many more layers stacked on on top of each other that the light has to go through. When all those are in phase, you get, like, super iridescence.
1: Right. So with a a bubble, you have two chances, right? You have the top and the bottom. Two lousy chances. Right. With a butterfly wing, the, the cuticle... Of a scale of yeah. a butterfly wing, say has maybe a dozen. So every every beam of light, every wavelength of light has a, you know a dozen chances to reflect back. Right. Say half of those are in phase. Pretty cool. Yeah, and also depending on how be, because the um, the the surfaces, um, if you look at a butterfly cuticle, it looks kind of like a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. right? So there's like a it looks like a Christmas tree, basically. Yeah, like a Lego Christmas tree, we'll say.
0: It's chitin, but the the scales. Is that what you're talking about the scales. Yeah, yeah. The scales well, the cuticles is... that make up the scales. Yeah, that's chitin. That's the same thing we have in like our hair. It's protein in our fingernails.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. So go ahead. Okay. Whew. Sorry. <laughs> um, so as it goes down the tree, you know they get wider. Uh-huh. These surfaces get wider, and each one can can bounce light back off but they're spaced evenly. So let's say that s- the space in between is 200 nanometers. Right. And blue light is 400 nanometers in wavelength. Uh-huh. Since the the 200 is half of 400, it's going to give blue light a better chance to reflect back in phase, which is why say on like the blue morpho butterfly which has a space of 200 nanometers between yeah. the scales, mm-hmm. the, the the space in the scales, appears so blue because blue has a likelier chance of reflecting back in phase and amb- amplifying in this iridescent manner.
0: Right. And the, the morpho, doesn't that actually venture into ultra the ultraviolet spectrum?
1: Yeah. Remember the angle? Yeah. So if you're looking, let's say, at the right is red and at the left is violet, if you move right. too far to the left... Everything's gone because you've moved out of the visible spectrum of light, and now all you're seeing is the brown pigment. But who can see it is the butterfly. Yeah, the monarchs um, are actually in their migration, their huge migration every year. They use uh, ultraviolet markings uh, or ultraviolet um, light for guideposts, basically, right?
0: Yes, they do. And uh, it also, the other effect or the other reason um, that... You have this iridescence and on the scales is it soaks up heat because butterflies are cold-blooded, so they rely on like the sun to be able to function. So the fact that they're soaking up this heat from the sun allows
1: them to fly, right? Which is pretty cool. And we also remember pigment. Don't forget, still plays a role in this too, right? Yeah. So if you have <laughs> if you have a butterfly scale that's um, constructed that uh, contains chlorophyll, yeah. So you you have um, a green pigment. Yes. Well, let's go with blue. Okay. Now let's go with yellow. Okay. <laughs> say say it's a butterfly scale. It's constructive melanin. Uh huh. So you have yellow already, which it's reflecting back yellow. Yeah, yeah. And a monochromatic uh, blue light hits right, it. Right. Right. It's going to we're, it's going to appear to us as green because yeah. color mixing still has has an effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So pigment, structural color, green.
0: Can we talk about the wings for a second, too? Yeah. Because I know people are going to write in and say, that's really cool, but is it true that butterflies will die if you touch their wings? Sort of, not completely. You can touch a butterfly wing. Like, if you've ever touched a butterfly wing, you'll notice you have, like, powder on your hands.
1: Yeah, those are the scales.
0: Those are the scales. They are that fine that they kind of disintegrate into powder. And in theory, you can touch a butterfly wing without killing them, but if you break it, they have little veins. They're all connected by little veins. Mm-hmm. So essentially, if you disconnect the veins from the forewing and the hind wing, that's when the butterfly is going to die. And they're so tender that it's really easy to happen. So, in effect, you m- probably will kill a butterfly if you mess with their wings. But if you just happen to graze against it, maybe not.
1: No need to squish it after just such a slight intrusion, right?
0: Yeah. And moths, I think, get a bum rap because they're not as pretty. Yeah, because they're mainly uh mel uh what what was it Melatin? melanin melanin yeah mainly like brown and yellow right uh black and white and they also have a frenulum uh, which is a spine and butterflies don't have that
1: and right they... also moths tend to be fatter and fly at dusk or night
0: well yeah and that's why butterflies get all the credit because you're out on a nice spring day in the garden and butterflies are everywhere right. and then at night you're hanging out by the porch and you're freaked out by the moths everywhere. <laughs> like
1: going toward the light. Well, not only that. Um, there's there, the the structure of a moth's wing is very very similar, yeah. to the structure of butterflies' transparent filmy scales. For some reason, I guess it's because they do fly at night. They are not iridescent, right. or they don't appear iridescent, although they would in right. the sunlight.
0: But they're part of the same family scientifically.
1: Yeah, big happy family. Yeah.
0: What was the family? Uh, Lepidoptera. Was that it? Lepidoptera. Oh, nice.
1: Lepidoptera. There's like 150,000 varieties mm-hmm. within that family. Yeah. And Lepidoptera means scaled wings. Boom. Yeah. it's a great place to finish, don't you think? Sure. You got Should anything we else? recap? Oh, I don't think so. Do We've you already think, recapped do you think a we explained it well? I think so. All right. Because I feel more confused than I did before. <laughs> well, you brought sound into it, but I thought that was a very clever way to go about it. Well, thanks a lot. If you want to learn more about butterfly wings and their striking colors, type in butterflies striking colors in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It brings up a uh, pretty cool article by Jennifer Horton. Hey, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck. it's you and me from the future. The future. Our idiot past selves have no idea we're doing this right now. Right. But we do. Right. Because we're from the future. Indeed. And you know what we're here to do, don't you? Yes. We're interrupting our podcast for a reason. T-shirt winners.
0: Announced. This yeah. is one of the uh if you were a winner you were guaranteed a mention on the show. Yeah. And this fulfills that
1: application. Yes. This is um we've got the lawyers behind us with their briefcases and bull whips, right? Yes. And uh Chuck, we picked five. I'm glad we picked five because we had like more than seventy entries, right? I wanted to pick ten. I wanted to pick twenty three. Yeah. Um and we actually did have like a top 23 at one point and finally whittled it down time and time again and we came up with the five winners yeah and they're announced on the blog yeah there's an image gallery on how stuff works yes. you can go on to our blogs at howstuffworks.com and look for the blog post entitled we got your t-shirt we got your stuff you should know t-shirt contest winners right here that's right uh and that'll take you into the site to check them out you can also get the shirts on the Discovery Channel store, right? Yeah, they're for sale. Yeah. You just go on to the, I think, store.discovery.com uh-huh. and do a search for stuff you should know, and it brings up all five of these magnificent T-shirts, right? Heck yeah. So the names of the winning designers, the five brilliant individual human beings who created these amazing designs, right? Yes. Their names are what, Chuck?
0: Uh, well, first, uh, these are in no particular order, by the way. Um, we have Peter uh, Feek or Fike
1: Or Fayek. We've been debating endlessly.
0: (laughs) And he did a really cool design of this old school microphone and it's sort of logo looking. It makes us look like we're really pros. Yeah.
1: I call it Hot Mike. Hot Mike? Yeah. I like it. Uh, And then, of course, there's Suki Anderson. Yeah. uh, Out of Kentucky, I believe. I think so. And she made uh, what I think is the coolest picture I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's the baby with the fly on its forehead. Yes. And, and it says uh, <laughs> don't worry there's stuff you should know.
0: Yeah, I said on the blog that it's it's unsettling and comforting at the same time and that's very hard to achieve. Agreed. So that was one of our favorite ones.
1: And then we went with Brad Wilson's brain design which was awesome.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of brain designs so you guys were thinking along the same lines which means you're all smart and cool. Yeah. And that was uh, the brain as as a representation of our show is really I think pretty cool and this was what we thought looked best
1: on a t-shirt. Brad nailed it. Yeah, he nailed it. Definitely. Uh, Matt Stevenson came up with what I've dubbed the Woodcut Parade. Right.
0: Right. Our fans are gonna love this one.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a series of medieval characters, I would say. A skeleton, yeah. uh-huh. a bishop, like a or monk, a, monk, a monk, uh, uh-huh. a jester. Yeah. Um, and they are carrying banners. Let's say SYSK. Yeah, they're leading the, the parade,
0: the stuff you should know parade. Yeah. From medieval times. Yeah, and almost.
1: I said on the site, it looks like a parade. I'd want to hide behind a tree and watch. Right. It's awesome. It's very cool. Uh, and then lastly, Chuck, I'm going to leave this one to you because I can't pronounce this guy's last name. <laughs> yes, we have
0: Scott, uh Y A am going to say Yakishin. 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 Scott, whatever your last name is pronounced.
1: Let's try that one, too.
0: Scott Yakishin. Yeah. If that is you, you are one heck of a designer, my friend, and you did the very cool caricature of Josh and I, and from our mouths and balloons, you have different caricatures of different episodes.
1: And there's so much camaraderie between us. Oh, yeah. You know, we just look like we are having a heck of a time doing the podcast as a 60s illustration. It's very cool. One of my favorite ones, too. super awesome. So Scott, Matt, Brad, Suki, Peter... Thank you very much to all of you guys, uh, and thank you to everybody yeah. who sent in from something created in rich text format uh-huh. to something that was obviously made by a professional graphic designer. Yeah. We appreciate all of you guys, and thank you very much for taking the time to lend us your brains and creativity. That's yeah.
0: awesome. We were blown away. It was very cool. You're all very talented.
1: Okay, and now let's go back to our stupid... Um, Selves from the past. Yes, I predict that it's going. I'm going to say some asinine thing about the handy search bar. Okay, okay. watch this. Did a fine job. that means since so I said handy search bar, Chuck. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Listener mail.
0: Josh, I'm just going to call this uh, stuff you should know. Educating prisoners
1: of America. Oh, I like this one. This is a good one. Well, prisoners of Virginia, at least, right? Yeah, which is in America. Oh, yeah. Isn't it still? It's a Commonwealth. I don't know if it counts. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. Weirdos. All right, this is from Maria in uh, Amelia, Virginia. I guess they have a prison there. Hi, guys. I thought you might be interested to know that I use your podcast as a resource to teach writing to inmate students. I'm a GED teacher at a men's prison in Virginia. Writing is one of the weakest skills for my students. And uh, many of them never learned to write as far as secondary school. Be, uh, and they were afraid to write as adults. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of illiterate or completely illiterate in some cases well I mean
1: think about it Chuck what is writing if not a series of choices of what you're going to share with people it can be very intimidating yeah Yeah. Uh, I burn your podcast to a CD and replay
0: one in class because we don't have internet for obvious reasons the men listen to your podcast they take notes and then they must write an article based on what we said they practice writing sentences and paragraphs in this way Uh, the subject matter is of interest to them some more than others I'm afraid to play the moonshine one as much as I would like to. I know they would be interested even if I skip the parts where you make the still and give the general recipe. So she won't do that because, you know, they'll build a moonshine still. I'll bet they already know how to
1: ferment (laughs) orange juice. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think so. Uh, Some of these guys have been down a long, long time, so they appreciate something to think about that isn't about sentencing and parole hearings. Thank you for your material. My family and I enjoy the podcast, and they do a real service to people. So, uh we are actually educating prisoners of America I know that's awesome so if you guys are in prison right now if you're in the in the pokey in the huskow mm-hmm. and you're listening now mm-hmm. we just want to say good luck you can turn your life around do your hard time come out a better person don't do crimes again and <laughs> uh, good advice get your GED and you know get a get a job and uh, and good luck to you that's yeah. what I say
1: and remember when you make a decision writing don't look back really is that your advice? Yeah. yeah. That is my advice, actually. All right. You can always write something else. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, let us know how we are changing the world for the better with this podcast, send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more how Stuff works? Check out our blogs on the HouseWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?